0: Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future! Future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd Yes hipster, hipster and, the nerd. and the
1: nerd One one is the genius The other is quite absurd Exactly which is which Often Off the to switch. switch. Yes good hipster. sir, hipster, hipster and, the and the
0: nerd Nerd, 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 nerd. Hipster and the Nerd, created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hipster and the, the nerd, the nerd, and the Nerd. Hipsters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster and the Nerd, the podcast where we discuss movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co host, Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian?
1: I'm doing very good. This is our second attempt at recording this episode because I accidentally X'd out of the recorder halfway (laughs) through the last recording.
0: Yes, that
1: did happen. And today we're gonna be talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and the the cheese. (laughs) King of the cheese. Godzilla versus Kong.
0: Yeah. So I am I am very excited. Because both of these movies are fantastic and I love them. And I'm very excited to share the joy I have with these movies that we both have. That we definitely agree are great movies. Right, Brian? Right, Brian? Um,
1: Well, uh, I have different opinions on you than these movies. On these movies because I have been disappointed overall by the MonsterVerse.
0: You, You heard it here first. Brian hates fun. I do not hate Ooh, fun. this person.
1: <laughs> Shame uh, there have been several severe allegations against me over the years that I <laughs> quote unquote hate fun. Uh, I'd like to say that I've always been an ally to fun, uh, fun people. I have many fun friends. Uh, I-, I don't know where this idea that I hate fun comes from, but I can assure you the voting public that I do not, in fact, hate fun. I am pro-fun, and I have always been on the side of fun. I don't
0: hate fun. I just don't want fun to have rights.
1: (laughs) Anyways, you should uh, get into uh, summarizing the plot, and then I will just heckle you with my cynical observations throughout the the discussion. My absolutely uh,
0: subjective and valid opinions. That are wrong. Your valid opinions that are wrong. You are entitled to your opinion, but just know that opinion is wrong.
1: According to your subjective opinion, that is also
0: valid. Anyway, so Godzilla King of the Monsters, so after some Godzilla-style logos, this obviously learns a major lesson from the errors of the 2014 film, in that instead of making us wait halfway through the fucking movie to see Godzilla, he shows up in the first fucking minute! (laughs) Good change! Very good change. Technically, it's flashback, but, you know, I'll take it. It counts. And... Uh, Yeah, so it's a flashback to the end of the 2014 film. You know, the one good part of the movie.
1: Chris, the best part of that movie was, if you remember, it was, of course, Brian Cranston speaking Japanese.
0: Okay, well, Brian Cranston... That's the best
1: part of the movie. I mean,
0: it's another very good part of the movie, but the best part of that movie (laughs) is the bit where Godzilla grabs the one muto and atomic breasts him in the face that's the best part of that's that true movie. that that is a good that is a good scene we see, so in this flashback we see that kyle chandler's character mark russell is looking for his son andrew and he can't find him because he dies he, his son is dead he held in the attacks and so we cut to the present day or the then present of 2019 when this movie came out and It has been five years, and apparently Godzilla has not been seen since those attacks, and there's all these sort of news reports about, you know, what's going on, who are these, you know, titan creatures, and because they see all these other creatures like Godzilla have been popping up, and they're like, well, what's going on here? Like, what is this environmental stuff being caused by, like, trying to track Godzilla? These are are a bunch of various mysteries. And then we cut to Millie Bobby Brown. Most of you probably know from Stranger Things.
1: Oh my god, hold on. And the- yes, she is great in Stranger Things and does her best with this material in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I
0: think she is pretty good for what is ultimately kind of a stock character. Like, eh, and Yeah. I d- like, and I do like this, but you know, it's, it's a kaiju movie. I'm fine with stock human characters.
1: Like... Well, my problem with the film is that it spends too much time focusing on the human characters to have the plausible deniability of trying to say that it's not about the human characters. For instance, it gives tries to give the characters arcs, which are all batshit crazy and also don't make any sense. And the characters themselves are also very paper thin. the The father has basically no character outside of the fact that he's always worried about either his wife being a terrorist or his daughter.
0: No, th- no, you t- forgot his third character trait, where he hates Godzilla.
1: That's right. He also hates Godzilla because his son was killed by Godzilla. That's
0: three whole character traits. And none of them are
1: involved in any sort of personality. It's just the things that he worries. But about.
0: But hey, I will take literally any of these people over fucking Lieutenant Wonderbread from the 2014 movie.
1: If I can get to my, my least favorite character in the film, just get my criticisms out of the way right now. Uh, her name is Emma, right? Yes. The wife. She is the absolute worst because she basically she abandons her family to go join an eco-terrorist cult to then... Because she's grief-ridden about the loss of her child, she wants to save the world through kaiju, which will spread radiation that will heal the planet. So she wants to release the kaiju, even though kaiju killed her son, and she wants to do this in order to bring back environmentalism until she realizes that it will kill too many people, at which point she says, No wait, Charles Dance, Tywin. (laughs) I'm not going to be a part of your evil scheme. And she changes and then sacrifices herself a Ark, that signifies nothing and is very irritating because nothing she ever does has any emotional logic at all, in my opinion. But you can have different opinions, Chris. <laughs> what do you think of Emma as a character? Well, I,
0: I will. I I think she works in the story. Again, I feel like my opinion on basically all of the human characters in, in this movie and to an extent Godzilla versus Kong as well is that they work fine enough for the role they are in. And they know when to be able to serve as an anchor for the audience and when to get the hell out of the way so we can watch the monsters fight. And that is general, That is my general opinion on the human cast in both of these movies. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, we are introduced to Millie Bobby Brown's character, Maddie, in a funny bit where she tries to cook breakfast. That is her only character, trait: is <laughs> trying to cook toast. <laughs> no, it's because she cooks eggs, toast, and what was once bacon. Such character. Much rating.
1: Wow. They, the writing on these films needs to be better and the character work needs to be more interesting if they're going to keep consistently spending so much time with these characters. So Chris, what happens next in Godzilla, King of the Monsters?
0: So anyway, so then we are of course introduced to Emma Russell, who is a scientist working with, well, seemingly working with Monarch. You may remember as the Not Shield from the previous movies.
1: The most useless organization.
0: Um, I mean, you could describe almost any human character in any Godzilla or kaiju movie as basically useless, so...
1: I know, but I'm speaking from a plot perspective. They don't really do much at all in any of these movies besides Kong Skull Island. They get Kong to where he needs to go in Godzilla vs. Kong.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. they do it more in Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: It just feels like Monarch is like this weirdly loose thing to keep putting in these films that honestly don't need
0: it. It's their, It's the way they connect them all. Like it's the connective thread between all of them.
1: It yeah, but why is there's this connection? Like, what does it actually add to the film? Because continuity. Okay, if continuity makes a good film, then the Saw sequels are
0: great. <laughs> well, and they you, got
1: lots of continuity. And in you those. can
0: believe that if you want, Brian.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: So, anyways, so Emma has finished this device called the Orca which allows them to communicate with the Titans by replicating their bioacoustic signatures, you know, like their, their vocalizations, their roars, and their grunts. Birth of Mothra! Because <laughs> <laughs> they go, they meet Mothra, and I really enjoy, I, re- I really love, I-, I love all the designs for all the monsters, but Mothra, I think, is a very beautiful and majestic creature, and she deserves your respect and love. I really Today
1: enjoy- on CNN's Crossfire... <laughs> Brian, what do you think? Well, I don't actually really like the Mothra redesign. Honestly, I think it's 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 uh, takes away the cutesiness of the original design and makes her look a, t- a bit too aggressive and hostile. And I really mm, I like the idea that Mothra would be like this adorable monster. And I, they, I, I, I wish that they would have. St- kept closer to that 60s
0: 80s design i feel like the principle of that is still there it's just that they've swapped out cuteness cute, cute for beautiful i
1: feel it's... like those two things are not exactly the same and i think well i mean they're not exactly yeah they're not different. exactly
0: the same granted mm-hmm. but the principal idea at the core of moth's character i.e she is the more elegant and friendly monster yeah it
1: just felt kind of to me like uh, as Americans, we were like, how do we make this not silly to American audiences? I mean,
0: it's I mean, this is still a much more faithful design and like a much better translation of the concept than something that would have happened like probably 10 years, 10 or 20 years ago.
1: Well, of course, like, we had Godzilla 98. so because yeah, we had Godzilla 98. Like,
0: uh, God, imagine what Mothra in the Godzilla 98 universe would have been like. That would have been terrible.
1: Yeah, I just wish that they had had the cojones to uh, make her as cute and kawaii as she was in the 1960s. Well, there's
0: well, there is there's hints of a second Mothra at the end of this. So maybe whenever Mothra makes another appearance, it'll be a little more cutesy. We'll see. God willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs 2 to search for more money. So we see this the birth of Mothra, and it's very beautiful, but then... Uh, the people are like, we gotta put her in the cage, and they're like, no, don't cage Mothra, and Mothra's like, she she starts webbing them up. I'm like, yeah, get a Mothra, love you Mothra, love mm-hmm. your girl. But Emma, using the Orca, is able to use this out al- the alpha frequency, like the of an alpha Titan.
1: What is an alpha Titan?
0: Basically, the an alpha Titan would be the leader of the pack. So like a Godzilla or a Ghidorah or a Kong.
1: Why do Titans have packs?
0: Well they, they it's like how animals If they're are. different
1: creatures, why are they having packs Well they well
0: they're different creatures, but they all operate within this same larger subspecies of type
1: uh huh. It's like Pokemon. It's
0: like how Pokemon, like every Pokemon is technically a different species, like how a Bulbasaur is technically a different species from a Charmander, but they're both considered Pokemon. It's like that.
1: Uh, anyway, can please continue with the <laughs> summation of this controversially written plot.
0: <laughs> anyway, then the military, seeming military raid, happens, led by Charles Dance. Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. I'll make sure you understand that when I've won your war for you. Yeah, it's
1: Charles Dance.
0: Yeah, and- Charles Dance from that TV show I still don't care about and haven't watched. Uh- well, you should read the
1: books because the books well, are the better. The books
0: are too long.
1: You know what else is long? Is this fucking movie? Because it's two hours and ten minutes, and it doesn't need to be this well, long. Well, first
0: of all, that's a perfectly re- well. First of all, <laughs> you like the nineteen twenty-seven five-hour-long Napoleon,
1: right? But see, there's a there's a big difference between length and pacing. Is my point and napoleon 1927 is paced better than godzilla king of the monsters i doubt it because you know everything's spaced out everything makes sense in the way that it's framed uh with godzilla king of the monsters it feels like every time we get some interesting kaiju stuff we have to go back and deal with some boring nuclear family drama between mama terrorist daddy arbuckle, daddy arbuckle. a little girl from stranger things and every time we go back to them, it's it's incredibly boring. Or if we're on the ship, which basically only exists as an audience surrogate or a Greek chorus, if you will, to react to the happenings of the film. With them, we have all these irritating characters that constantly make terrible jokes or don't understand what's going on or talk about nonsense that's not actually going to affect the plot. My point is that this movie it could have needed an editor, is what I'm saying.
0: It had an editor and they edited it well because it's a movie could have cut out a
1: lot of the junk I, in the trunk.
0: I disagree. I think it is... I personally, This I movie
1: needs is, liposuction.
0: I think this movie should be longer. Where is the four-hour uh, Doherty cut of Godzilla <laughs> <laughs> King of the Moth?
1: Anyways, what happens next, Chris?
0: So, anyways, so after Charles Dance seemingly kidnaps Emma and Maddie, we cut a Senate hearing by Monarch about the Titans and how they are here to provide balance to the earth, and that even though some titans might try to hurt us, there are also benevolent titans, but the government is all like, why shouldn't the monarch fall under military jurisdiction? We should be trying to kill these creatures. But then Dr. Sarazawa, you know, the only other, you know, the only worthwhile character from the 2014 film that they didn't kill off, you know, Gojira saved us. You know, with Gojira is here because of us. The mutos are here, were came because of us. This is our fault. We must, the titans were here first, and we must learn to coexist with titans and with Gojira. And they're all and and the Miller and the government lady's all like, well, why are you defending these creatures? It sounds like you're you're you admire him, and he's all like, I admire all forms of life, and I'm like, damn, Sarazawa.
1: And I wish Sarazawa
0: had more to do plot wise. Well, this he gets movie. a well, he gets a pretty big play at the end.
1: Like, he does get a big play at the end. It's just you have Ken Watanabe, and he's such a great actor, and then you just put him in this plot with which is completely boring honestly and if you would just base the plot around ken watanabe even if you had the same plot it would have been way more interesting because ken watanabe is a fucking he is a whirlpool of charisma yeah it just it feels a bit like watanabe was kind of wasted a little bit i i feel like he could have had more
0: to do i suppose updates. but he does do a good job at elevating the material already present so That's true. I'll give him that. I mean, he
1: elevates anything that he's a part of.
0: Yes, exactly. So they leave the hearing, but not before they they play a video about titan reproduction. I think this is the one where the genitals are flared out. <laughs> yes. Um, and then and we cut to Mark being recruited by Monarch to rescue his wife and daughter because he knows about the orca and figures that you know he could help determine the unique bioacoustics so they could like track the orca and figure out where they are. But he's all like, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't spoken to her in three years. And also, you should be killing all these things. Like, how many of these things are there? Because there's apparently like 17 and counting active titans uh, on the planet. And Mark's all like, well, you should be killing all of them. Why why aren't you killing all of them? These are bad. I hate all of them. Especially that Godzilla. I don't like Godzilla. He killed my son. I'm mad about it. And that is his character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's very one note. Kind of boring. He shows up in Godzilla vs. Kong and thankfully we don't see that much of him. It's bizarre that they keep bringing back characters that nobody cares about. Why don't they just write interesting characters? Well,
0: I mean, they've written a few interesting characters.
1: Well, Dr. Sarazawa isn't necessarily an original character since he is from the 1954 film.
0: But this version is effectively a different character.
1: I mean, it's, it's different. But Serizawa in the 1954 film also had admiration for Godzilla. That's... He he was definitely a mad scientist kind of type, which yeah. is kind of what Serizawa is. He's not an establishment scientist. Yeah, that's. He just has a bit more personal history with Godzilla yeah. than Serizawa does in the original, where he is worried about the ethics of weapons of mass destruction. But
0: mm-hmm. anyways, so anyway, so Dr. Serizawa and the Monarch team take Mark to Castle Bravo which is the new Monarch HQ that has been built to track and study Godzilla on his own turf. It's Johnny basically- Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Do the monkey with me. Basically like the not Hella carrier like the hella-carrier from the Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, and the character Rick, is his name Rick? Yeah, Rick. The guy that keeps The guy, guy that's that really making jokes, excited
0: about all of Earth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he is the most irritating fucking character in this movie. I, I can't stand any of his jokes. Uh, every time he s- opened his mouth, I'd groan. I, I do like that he's excited by, about the idea of a hollow earth, which is, you know, still bizarre that it's in a movie that's mainstream. But anyway, one of the, one of his worst jokes is when somebody says, oh, my God. And then he says Zilla. And I don't I don't know. Like, this is the kind of thing that, like, you'd put in, like, a really low effort YouTube video from 2009 <laughs> It's not really the writing you'd expect from a major American blockbuster, Uh, and I wish that they had, you know, gotten somebody to write If you're going to have humor, have it be character-based, because I think that's what all the best humor is, is character-based. That all these characters, they're just so paper-thin that they have to just make wisecracks about the things happening around them, and it feels very kind of out of place, in my opinion. But I I don't like the humor in this movie, and Rick is a big offender. The actor is a fine person. I'm sure he tried very hard in this role. I just did not like the character.
0: I disagree. I think there's actually a lot of uh, good jokes. I, oh my Godzilla... Anyway, Chris, what
1: happens next in Godzilla vs. Uh, the, the King of the Monsters? <laughs> the King of
0: the Monsters, no, no, we're not at that movie yet. So so we find out that Charles Dance is eco-terrorist Alan Jonah, who traffics in Titan DNA on the black market. And I'd like to ask the
1: question, why do fucking Hollywood movies keep casting environmentalists as the bad guys? My point being is that this is part of a long trend in American cinema of casting and framing environmentalists as the villains you can look back to Ghostbusters or other movies and you'll can see this Uh, and it seems very strange to me because Godzilla as a franchise has always had a very uh, pro-environmentalist bent to it if you go back to Rodan which is one of the earliest films Rodan was actually created in part Due to the pollution and the climate change being caused by humans and that movie came out in the 1960s and then if you go to Godzilla vs. Hedra which of course Hedra is a pollution monster that film is almost entirely about environmentalism and yeah. Godzilla is pissed off at what humans have done to the earth and I think it's just strange to me that a movie making this about eco-terrorism, because considering the franchise has had this political history. uh, Apparently, uh, I looked into the history of the writing of the film, and the whole concept of making it about environmentalism and eco-terrorism was there at the very early conceptual drafts. So it seemed like it was an idea that the writers had for a while. I just don't think it really fits with any sort of themes that are in any way politically relevant. I mean, if you want to take the political themes of this film seriously, then you have to take it as a sort of nihilistic, maybe-we-should-kill-all-human-beings-unabomber type thing. Well, I
0: mean, humans do suck, so... Yes, they,
1: we do suck, but uh, <laughs> I think a much more important idea is the concept that humans are a part
0: of a naturally well, occurring ecology. Well, I feel like the movie does know? ultimately come down on the idea of coexistence.
1: Well, yes, coexistence, but... You know, they they talk about climate change and they talk about environmentalism, but they and the only solution that they ever pose to that is to release the monsters. They never propose any other ideas. Okay, well, use like the carbon thing. Well, taxes.
0: Well, you... okay, and okay, okay. Do you really want to green wanna... energy? Okay, well, Brian, do you really want to watch a Godzilla movie that where most of it is you know like government meetings about tax laws and you know Shit Godzilla ener- energy. Okay, yeah, but but I, I, and energy bills. That aren't related to the kaiju
1: well no i'm not saying it would be about bills what i'm saying is uh you could make a movie about pollution for instance let's say godzilla is angered by pollution such as in godzilla versus hedra and then his attack on humanity or you know the titans attack after they push it back they're like we need to reconfirm our commitment to protecting the environment just like how at the end of godzilla 1954 they're like if we don't stop nuclear weapons another godzilla might come around you know I, I think that would be yeah. more in line with the political legacy of the, of the suppose, series as a whole. but
0: also after the mark yeah. believes that charles dance wants monarch to go after mothra because like they captured mothra and that is a distraction from an even bigger gets like a bigger monster right because he takes emma and maddie to antarctica where he has frozen in ice monster zero aka Ghidorah, aka
1: and- Astro monster.
0: I also love the, sh- the initial reveal scene. It's like, mother of God. She had nothing to do with this. And it pans up and we see Ghidorah frozen in the ice. It's a, re- it's a really cool shot. Okay, so then after that, there's the bit where Mark watches a video of family bonding in bear costumes. Weird. That's weird, but okay. Good for him, I guess. Uh, We, we discover that Monarch has the capability to track Godzilla and, like, check his vitals and stuff. And rick has a good line where they're trying to figure out try to you know bring in closer to godzilla and he's like well yeah sure let's bring him in for a beer you out of your goddamn mind (laughs) another terrible joke another movie another good joke because what is happening is that godzilla is using this sort of intimidation display where he's like pulsating this atomic energy over and over trying you know against this like unseen monster which is who's is presumably Monster Zero slash Ghidorah to be like, What what you fucking doing here?
1: I'm I'm, I'm the Godzilla. I'm, I'm the king I, I, of Yeah, the monsters. I'm the king.
0: What do you think you're fucking doing here? Because he has left his usual hunting grounds to find this thing in Antarctica. He's like, He knows something's wrong here. What was
1: he trying to find in Antarctica again?
0: Presumably, uh, Monster Zero. Presumably, okay. yeah, Ghidorah. And like... he
1: was just drawn to him?
0: Well, because they have this sort of ancient rivalry. Like, the idea is that their ancient ancestors of Godzilla and Ghidorah, you know, were rivals for each other, that, like, Ghidorah was a rival Alpha to Godzilla.
1: Right, and they said that they had, like, an ancient civilization that fought in a war, right? Yeah. Um, so, Godzilla had a civilization, and so did Ghidorah. That's a very strange thing for me to wrap my head around. Well, it's
0: like an a- it's like an Animal Kingdom type thing. Like- okay,
1: Lion King bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mufasa. <laughs>
0: How dare you?
1: (laughs) The king must die for the country to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what happens next in Godzilla, King of the Monsters?
0: (laughs) King of the cheese. Rick goes more off on his Hollow Earth thing because like, Godzilla's using the Hollow Earth tunnels! It's the only way he can travel as fast!
1: You know, I think that a producer on this film, or whoever was putting out the concept notes for the Monsterverse, was just really into Journey to the Center of the Earth by (laughs) H.G. Wells. Or well, I mean, it's The a Land book. Unknown, like one of those 1940s dinosaur films where they go into a secret hollow place well, in the mean, Earth.
0: I mean, H.G. Wells is a very good author, so...
1: He is a very good yeah. author, it's just I don't usually expect hollow Earth, Journey to the Center of the Earth weirdness in my kaiju movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it kind of makes sense, I mean, those movies always involve dinosaurs, so... Next logical step And I guess
1: Dinosaurs are a kind of kaiju But I don't necessarily Associate that kind of story And we'll get into this More with Godzilla vs. Kong Where it's actually Materially relevant Yeah But I don't tend to Associate that with Kaiju films that much It's it's kind of bizarre That it's here I mean not
0: traditionally But I feel like for At least for this Particular interpretation I think it works So Alan Jonah Wants to release Ghidorah And there's this really Good scene Where Mark Confronts Emma and Maddie on the bridge where like above where Ghidorah is frozen and Mark is all like you know trying to get Maddie to come to him it's like you know Maddie just walk to walk to me walk to me but she chooses to go with Emma and it's actually really emotional and then of course I felt nothing you have no soul
1: well I'm sorry but if you want me to care about characters you have to make them interesting
0: well, I mean, it's, I mean, like, look, its is it, is it the most emotional thing in the world? No, it didn't, it didn't, like, make me cry or anything. There are, there are some other scenes in this movie that do make me cry, but, you know, that's uh, later. Uh, but, you know, it's a well-acted scene. I think it's good.
1: I mean, Millie Bobby Brown and all the actors do the best with the material that they're given.
0: Yes. And I think that's a pretty good job. So, but then, of course, Emma sets off the detonator they've set, and in comes Ghidorah! Oh, my fucking God. Ghidorah looks so cool he's got the big wings all the, the three heads they all look great so detailed I and like how Ghidorah's three heads have different personalities yes I love it and I love I love the derpy one I love Kevin the internet's favorite Ghidorah head Kevin <laughs> and it's it's great you know there's all this lightning crackling around him he's so intimidating there's this whole there's this like close-up shot of like all three heads where these soldiers are lined up and it looks amazing And I love how, as as Ghidorah pops up, one of the soldier guys is just like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!"
1: One of the few fuckings in this movie because it's rated PG thirteen.
0: Yeah, it's it's their one allotted PG thirteen f bomb, and I feel like which
1: gets into one of my issues with the movie, and that is the lack of blood and the lack okay, of I absolute think, death i don't think i want kaiju more movies, death in this movie
0: i don't think kaiju movies need blood okay this they might not need blood combat. but i
1: want more carnage like, i want i want buildings falling over onto people i want occupied buildings getting crushed i want disastrous okay, mayhem the
0: problem the problem with ocu- the the occupied buildings in particular 9-11 made unambiguous city destruction not fun anymore
1: well i feel like you know it's been a long time since i know 9-11. it has
0: I know it's been a and long time since
1: 9-11. I think that this movie should have taken the role and become the first one to destroy New York again and have <laughs> it be a lot of fun.
0: Well, no, you New know? York, well, they, well, the Avengers already did that.
1: That's true. So the Avengers already did it. So why not just do it again?
0: Well, I, you know? well, well, for one, because technically it was the aliens who were destroying New York, and the Avengers were also doing... Well, right, the... it's the
1: kaiju that are destroying New York.
0: Yeah, well... well it wouldn't well, be that different. Why, well, honestly, this is why we need an adaptation of the old Godzilla Marvel comic, where he fights the Avengers. So that way Godzilla can destroy the city while the Avengers try to stop
1: it. Well, my point being is that th- eh. this movie kind of pulls a Batman v Superman. It where does it better, it based... but... Okay, how does it do it better... How does no, it do it better, Chris? It
0: does it better because we actually see the evacuation in process, and also because it doesn't just conveniently complete the evacuation as soon as the monsters show up. There are still well, some people left.
1: N- No, it does conveniently... After, once the monsters show up, because if you know anything about evacuations, there are stragglers that don't leave, but these towns and cities look completely abandoned. No,
0: because, Ro- no, because during... We'll, de- we'll get to it later, but during the Rodan fight, you still see people in the city, and they do... But blood, anyway, my fire. point
1: being is that it pulls the BVS in that it says, it's okay, these buildings aren't occupied, which in the context of a superhero film makes sense, because a superhero film is not about city destruction. A superhero film is about people that has super-powered abilities going at each other because one is good and one is evil, yada yada yada. Now, kaiju films are about city destruction because that is one of the major things that they do. The franchise of Godzilla is practically known for men in suits stomping around on little miniature sets, and it's so much fun, you know? And I don't think the problem with Godzilla 2014 was that it was that I think they took the co- the the criticism that it was too dark to mean that there should be less death in it and I don't think that's necessarily true you can have a lot of people die and for it to not still be super dark like Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah giant monsters all at attack or Return of Godzilla that one was pretty dark but uh, again you know you know there's ways to do this I
0: guess I guess my thing is while it is well it is especially in the old ones it is inherently fun Y- yes, to see people in rubber suits stomping around miniature cities. But I also feel like my preferred version of kaiju more leans a bit more into monsters fighting each other, as right. opposed to just casually wrecking buildings because they can. So well, I think that doing you can do the both. Satisfi- well, yes, you can do both. But yeah. my point is that I think and the you high sea do- era was
1: also all about doing both. Yeah, the I high
0: sea. Z- yeah, the high era did did a lot of both. Um, but my point being that I feel like you can do a really satisfying version of the monsters fighting each other without having to worry about human casualties. And if you don't want to worry about human casualties, then, you know, that's fine. That's your interpretation. Like
1: I kind of prefer human casualties because I think it actually gives a weight and drama to the situation that wouldn't otherwise be there. Um, and I think if you're going to have kaiju fight... In you know, in the later Showa era sequels, they did this a lot. The kaiju wouldn't fight in occupied cities, they'd fight in um, the middle of nowhere or yeah, on Monster well, Island. Then, yeah,
0: that's the thing. If you want to have them fight in somewhere that's not like the jungle or Antarctica or the middle and that's of the, the thing, ocean, is
1: that, <laughs> that they did that change when they were trying to market the films more to children. So, I understand if it's a, if you're trying to make a kaiju film more aimed at children, but I think this movie. Is aiming for an all demographic kind of thing, and I think if you're going to do that, then you should probably have some classic kaiju city destruction. I mean, it's, the movie's not made for toddlers.
0: Well, the, well they do. De- well, they do destroy the city. It's just that they're just they just tend to not have people in the buildings. The right, city still gets seeing, destroyed.
1: Seeing people get squished is half of the fun okay, you, of Godzilla uh, okay, films. Okay,
0: here's the thing. You say that as if like the Godzilla films constantly showed people's like battered bodies after no they no were, no! Like... i'm not
1: talking about <laughs> that and sometimes they did in hedra specifically
0: well a, a little bit but like yeah
1: no i'm not talking about gore i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about the general idea of people running away from a giant monster as they destroy occupied buildings and kill people and throw down towers that stuff is fun you know yeah and you don't need to and and sure if you don't want it to bring up 9-11 have him go through a small midwest ohio or something.
0: Okay, but midwest ohio well that's just anticlimactic. Uh.
1: Hollywood.
0: Godzilla rampaging through Hollywood. <laughs> Why has nobody thought of this? Okay, that would be fun. I will agree. Well, I mean they do and they do some stuff like that in this mm-hmm. movie cuz there's the climax at Fenway Park. Oh, so. uh, yeah, I mean that's cool
1: if you're into fucking baseball which I am. But, exactly. I <laughs> You know, but uh, again, I, I want I want more death. Well, the, the
0: death in well, well, what? Well, if it makes you feel any better, they won't die from the monsters, but they'll die from the economic devastation of losing their homes and workplaces.
1: That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I, in a sense, that does satiate the bloodlust that lies deep and dormant inside of me.
0: Okay. But, good. <laughs> Honestly, I think I would
1: prefer a bit more. Imagine death. if but they it, actually
0: if... put that in the movie. Like, afterwards, <laughs> the people come back after the monsters. Like, oh my god, my apartment's destroyed! All my stuff is gone!
1: But anyway, we should get on to the larger talking Anyways. point also, which is that I think I prefer kaiju to be uh, forces of nature, while you seem to want them to be more heroic or, like, good versus evil kaiju. I, and I like, I like them I like to be kaiju, more morally neutral. I like
0: kaiju to be characters. Like Yes. Yeah. I I like character kaiju. I like hero versus villain kaiju. Like I guess I I guess there's a part of me that thinks of kaiju as just like big superheroes that destroy buildings.
1: Like <laughs> yeah, and I I tend to really mm. love kaiju that seem like love crafty and cosmic entities that destroy us for no discernible reason. Um, I and think that that's a lot good, of fun and to can me. That could
0: be good too. Like you know, there's a place for that.
1: Yeah, like Biolante.
0: Biolante or Shin Godzilla. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: And those are all my favorites. So I think uh, fundamentally, especially when we talk about our opinions on the monsterverse, we have differing value theories yeah, and on I think on The kaiju. reason
0: that the monsterverse works for me is because the kaiju operate, because it's a cinematic universe, they have decided right. to operate on the more character kaiju model, which is what I prefer. Yes. Like, and
1: uh, I think that's why I disconnect from it a bit more, a bit, le- a bit more with the uh, with the action and stuff. Is that I, I guess
0: that's I of, tend to
1: like uh, the the monsters to not have any kind of moral lens well, except sort for Mothra.
0: That sort of makes me curious as to how because Toho wants to do their own shared universe. Yes, so I'm and curious, I'm very excited for that because yeah.
1: I, I love all the Toho films except for a couple. Yeah, but I, yeah,
0: I, yeah. I mean, the, the Toho films are of course great. And I'm yes. very curious to see how they will handle it or if they will go in a similar direction or if they will go with this more forces of nature idea. And if so, how will that work as a shared universe?
1: Well, I mean, I think you got to remember that Shin Godzilla swept the Japanese Academy Awards. That's true. So that's, it, that's and true. was a huge blockbuster. No, I'm so not saying I'm not saying yeah. that it wouldn't
0: like be a hit. I'm just saying, like, no, how would they is, do it? No, my point
1: is, I think maybe Shin... Uh, might affect the overall creative trajectory.
0: That's true, um, but also Shin Godzilla was kind of meant to be a standalone.
1: That's true, like, and also it was dealing with a very unique talent, the man behind uh, the Neon man Genesis behind, Evangelion. Yeah, the
0: man behind Evangelion. Um, mm-hmm. But this is somewhat getting off topic, and right. if, we're di- but, if we discuss it at all, it should be safe at the end. Um, anyways, exactly. So, yeah, so Ghidorah comes out, he looks awesome, um, The you know, and we get... This Godzilla versus Ghidorah fight is Godzilla comes out and they play. This is one of my favorite parts of this movie. So they incorporate all of the classic uh, musical themes for all the kaiju by um yes Akira uh, Ifukube yeah Akira Ifukube uh, rearranged by Bear McCreary who does the score for this movie and, and it I, sounds great yeah it sounds great I love it and just hearing that like bomb 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 bum, as Godzilla comes out it's like it's, it's 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 fucking awesome like I love it and. And, and we see them go at it we let them fight it's awesome you know even though it's still kind of in the dark because it's Antarctica at night it's definitely way more visible than anything in 2014 and you really mm-hmm. you know see them go at it you know ghidorah has got the lightning breath and godzilla's got the atomic breath and they're all just going at each other it's great i love it love the kaiju action in this movie it's it's great love this fight and then, of course, Ghidorah flies away because he's a big dragon right. and he can fly. And I bet I, um, I feel like Godzilla has a bit of an inferiority complex, even though he's the king. Where it's like, how come everyone can fly but me? Well, if you <laughs> remember,
1: he does fly. Yeah, I, I was about to bring that breath.
0: up. In Godzilla yeah. versus Hedra, he does fly by pointing his atomic breath at the ground and use it as a propulsion device. I feel like they should have brought that back for this yes. movie. How it should have ended actually did that exact joke.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd but... say I enjoy the monster action. I think it's probably the best thing about this movie. Yeah. Um, Overall, though, I do prefer, and this is nostalgia, obviously speaking, I do prefer the man in suits, how they would, like, knock over miniatures. But, of course, you can't do that nowadays. But uh, I really adored Shin Godzilla and the way they did it, which was that they built a practical suit effect and then they CGI animated it. And I think it really integrated very well. And they made that movie for about, like, ten times less this budget so i think it's an interesting realm that hasn't been entirely I feel explored like, and i feel like that direction Kaiju worked
0: for shin because I, yes. re- I really enjoyed shin and i you know and you know there's always going to be a certain charm with just the men in suits can we about. just talk about
1: how much we love shin godzilla
0: well <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll probably do shin god i'm sure we'll do shin godzilla yes still at some point oh you know
1: i love maybe- shin godzilla
0: I'll, I'll probably pair it as a double bill for something random. Um, we can talk awesome. about that after the show. Um, anyway, what happens next, Chris? Anyways, so so Ghidorah flies away, and then they reconvene back on the not-helicarrier, and they're all like, well, Emma seems to want to awaken all of these monsters. What's going on? Like, was she forced to do it? It's like, no, she definitely pushed the button. Something weird's going on here. Why would she push the button? And then Emma calls them. She's all like, this is why I pushed the button. Because humanity is a bunch of idiots and they pollute and they cause war and poverty and all these really bad things so here's my solution giant monsters and because
1: the radiation will help regrow yeah vegetation because or some shit.
0: yeah because their radiation well because as we see it creates life wherever they go because in san francisco and vegas where the kaiju attacks were in the last movie all of this plant life is grown so she's like, alright, I got this plan, I'm gonna release these monsters one at a time, and it'll save the environment, you guys.
1: I would this, complain about the lack of scientific accuracy to that, but then again, it's, Godzilla, a, it's, a, it's a Godzilla Godzilla film. breaks
0: the laws of physics by himself,
1: so yeah.
0: <laughs> it doesn't so, really uh, matter. I'll
1: let that criticism go, even if it is kind of a silly, stupid plot point.
0: Well, I mean, Godzilla is kind of a silly franchise. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah. And uh, I wish this movie was a bit more... Um, So with the kaiju action fights, I wish that we got more wide shots of the action than the close cutting that we get. Yeah, I, Uh,
0: the thing is, I, well, because, well, you know, wide shot, you know, there's an entire previous franchise of movies filled with wide shot focused kaiju fights. And I like the idea of doing something a little different here with the close cuts, because we can see them in more detail of like what they're doing, how they're fighting each other, how they're punching, how they're biting, how they're slashing.
1: I'm an old coot, and I don't like things that are different. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the prequels have a very similar style to the original because i don't like things that are different um, right um, but i i like this new style i feel like it captures these monsters really well and i feel like it's something that the toho films would have done back in the day had the technology been there so it's nice well to see I, that th- kind that, of idea. that is
1: gets interesting because you know in in pre-digital filmmaking Film stock was physical, so a lot of times uh, shot co- shot composition and shot length are actually longer because yeah. they wanted to get more of the scene done with one shot um, because that way it would be more cost effective. Yeah. So there's also economic reasons, there's why economic
0: reasons why you would do the wide shot. Movies have
1: changed over the time. Yeah, over so, time. Anyway.
0: I, yeah, but I feel like, again, if the technology of this time was there at that time, I feel like they would have done something, maybe not the exact same thing, but like they would have done something similar. Similar-ish, at least.
1: Well, we can't really Um, know. But you know, that's obviously what happens. What happens next?
0: So yeah, so uh, so right. So Emma is, you know, all about. We gotta release these monsters. That base. And they're all like, and they're and they're all like, "What are you, you crazy?" And she's just like, "I couldn't be more sane." She, that's a literal line in the movie. Uh, Despite
1: the fact that she's all doing, she's doing this because of grief of her dead son.
0: Well, well, you know, it's it's the everyone processes grief differently, Brian. You know, some, <laughs> some people, people, go, some to people, some people some go to counseling. Some people release <laughs> deadly
1: titans on some, humanity.
0: Some people, you know, go into alcoholism. Some people take up a new hobby, like maybe D anD D or, or eco
1: terrorism. And
0: some people decide <laughs> to release giant monsters. <laughs> it's all oh, totally God. valid. Oh um, my problem I, uh, is, is
1: that the movie doesn't um, paint her as a villain. They paint her as sympathetic, even though she's pushed a button and done something that probably killed thousands, tens of thousands well, of that, people.
0: Okay, but uh, okay, to be fair, when she pushed the button initially, they were in, uh, they were in Antarctica. Not like anybody really important died in Antarctica. Um,
1: well, the, I'm pretty sure they'd know that Ghidorah wouldn't well, have just stayed well, I mean, there. they obviously
0: know that Ghidorah wouldn't have stayed there. But I also, uh, again, this sort of gets into the idea of so Ghidorah is later revealed as an invasive species that he's uh, like. What does that mean? We'll get to it later. Um, Okay. We'll get to it later. But I, again, I feel like it goes into she didn't know the full consequences of what Ghidorah was. I think
1: she could have easily guessed the full consequences of her actions and she did it anyway. But the movie doesn't uh, have logic like that. So instead we have to pretend like she didn't know what she was doing. And it's very frustrating.
0: Mm, I, I disagree, but whatever. Anyway, so I like how after she hang after Emma hangs up the video call, the Chinese scientist lady just goes that bitch. <laughs> yes. And all right. So and then uh, so so th- they're about to release another monster. And Maddie is like, you know, hey, maybe dad was right. Maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe this is not the way. Maddie being
1: Millie Bobby Brown, the
0: Millie, the Millie Bobby Brown character, and Charles Dance mm-hmm. is all like, "No, do not listen to this child. Push the button. You will do as I say. I am Charles Dance. You will release this monster." And then, and so she does. And of course, it is Rodan, the big fire boy. I love this guy. He's a big bird. I love his big wings. Love his little face. You should all check
1: out his original movie directed sh- by Ishiro Honda.
0: Yeah, I know. I it's on my it's on my to do list to watch the original Rodan, but. I love Rodan, even though plot-wise of the four monsters, he's the one that's just kind of there. Um, yeah. I love, to be fair, that's kind of Rodan's role in this entire franchise. He's the fucking, like, punching bag of these movies.
1: Yeah, he basically is.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but I love the guy, and I like how they're all like, you know, local legends call it Rodan, the fire demon. That's comforting. And we see Rodan just wreck shot like he's flying around everywhere. He's setting people on fire. He's setting buildings on fire. He's taking out all these fighter jets. It's great. I love. We this needed scene. more
1: of this in the movie. Yeah. Uh, more, more death, more destruction. Uh, more millions of mothers and children weeping <laughs> at the scene of horrible, macabre, gruesome.
0: Wow, you're a destruction. bigger man. You're a bigger <laughs> monster than any of the actual monsters in the <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
1: like the Onions film critic Peter Rosenthal. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what happens after yeah, Rodan so Dan really...
1: gets freed and has a Jesus symbolism moment?
0: Oh, yeah. The, yeah, there's a school air chase. And then, of course, Ghidorah shows up because Ghidorah was called, was, you know, heard Rodan's cries and responded to it because it was looking for a food, a fighter, something more <laughs> No response there? (laughs) Uh,
1: oh, that's the Godzilla sex joke. Yeah, that that joke's bad, too. All the jokes are bad.
0: Ghidorah (laughs) X Rodan? OTP? No. Question mark? No, Um,
1: Godzilla's one true love will and always will be Gigan. Gigan? Gigan. They have no chemistry. What are you talking about? (laughs) How dare you?
0: Oh, man, we're getting into ship war territory. Um, but <laughs> anyways, so yeah, there's a really cool Rodan versus Ghidorah fight. And then the military comes in. They're like, all right, you've had your chance and we're going to do it our way. Uh, because Oh, because Godzilla comes in as well, because Godzilla goes to save Monarch from Ghidorah. But then the military is all like, all right, we're going to do this our way. We've invented this new weapon, the Oxygen Destroyer, which of course, from the they,
1: 1954 yeah, which of course
0: is a throwback. The 1954 film, and also possibly potentially setting up Destoroyah for later movies. Because
1: in Godzilla versus Destoroyah, the film that capped off the end of the High Sea timeline, um, Destoroyah is a mix of Godzilla's DNA and was created by the oxygen destroyer used in the very first uh, Godzilla film. Yeah. And. It's it's a very good film, and I really love yeah, Destaroya's I, design. I, I, so if yeah, they bring back Roya, I'd be interested uh, yeah, to I see what they do see with it I
0: would love to see with Monster vs. I would like to see him like if they do him, which I hope they do. I hope he's like the Thanos of this franchise, and like they mm. build him up over a long story arc, and you know the only way to defeat him is like all the monsters have to team up because he's just that powerful. I think. Well, that, that relies,
1: relies on more people going to see these movies.
0: Exactly. So all of you need to go see these movies so I can see that movie. So I can see that movie. Otherwise, I will turn on you, humanity, and I will release the giant monsters. And...
1: (laughs) This is your v- super hi- super villain yeah, origin story. Yeah, this is my
0: story. super villain origin story. The fact that people that Godzilla King of the Monsters underperformed at the box office and people don't respect its cinematic genius. This is my super villain origin. Although it, it kind of turned around because Godzilla vs Kong is actually doing very very well at the box office and it's yeah. So they're
1: gonna they're gonna continue the monster verse, which you know I, I'm not uh, super head over heels for it, but you know I, I enjoyed more people being employed. Yeah. And having jobs. And we, can,
0: we can talk about that more at the end. Yeah, um, and there's
1: always a chance that these movies will get good uh, I feel later like, on. I
0: mean, I feel like they already have, but that's neither here You know, there. it really raises um,
1: the question whether or not Americans can actually make a good Japanese kaiju adaptation. I'll leave, you, I'll leave that for okay, you, the well, audience, here's to the thing. decide. Even if you, even, but the answer is no, they can't.
0: Okay, Brian, <laughs> even putting aside these movies, Pacific Rim exists. That's true,
1: but that's not an adaptation of a Japanese kaiju film.
0: Okay, but it's a, it's it, it, it's following the same basic principle.
1: I know, and I love Pacific Rim, but what I'm saying is, taking a Japanese kaiju character and then making it a blockbuster for an American audience, there hasn't been one of those that I've been All right, super but what enthralled if Gil, What yet. if
0: Guillermo del Toro crosses over Pacific Rim with Godzilla?
1: Well, if Guillermo del Toro does it, I'm sure he'd actually understand uh, what, what I want, because Guillermo del Toro... Is uh, we're bosom buddies, you know. <laughs> I recently went on a long uh, trip to Santa <laughs> with him. Uh, we drank daiquiris. Uh, Wait, he told me about his idea for Pan's Labyrinth 2, <laughs> the Pale Man Returns. Um so
0: yeah, uh yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. But yeah, I would yeah, but I would love to see I hope this eventually leads to into Destroy. So yeah, they use the Oxygen Destroyer on Godzilla and Ghidorah and <laughs> Fuck well, I'm
1: building lore again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and while it seems and while it it seems to kill Godzilla, Ghidorah actually survives. It just takes out one of his heads, and then there's then there's this really cool scene of like the head growing back, and it like sort of like splurges out of the neck. There's all these like juices. Yes, yes, I actually
1: I really like that shot. I think that's really yeah, that's
0: a really good scene. And I also like how after that happens, sarazawa turns to Mark, who you know who's Mm -hmm. obviously been super anti-Godzilla the whole time. So like. Looks like you got your wish mark, and he's like just so fucking bitter against this guy. I love it. It's yeah. great. Um, um. Generally,
1: I don't really uh, like a lot of the human characters, but they have a couple good lines. I'd like to say that uh, in their little uh, not hollow carrier, what would you call it?
0: The the not well, it's it's called Castle Bravo. That's what the actual name yeah. is.
1: Yeah. So, well, in Castle Bravo, they have all this like weird mood lighting, and these this film and also Godzilla versus Kong have these incredibly strong color contrasts like usually it's blue orange blue red or you know green even the inside spoiler alert of mechagodzilla and godzilla versus kong has bi lighting bisexual lighting blue and purple well i mean we all know mechagodzilla
0: is a chaotic bisexual of course yes canon
1: (laughs) right yeah but um, it's it's interesting to me because it seems like these color choices uh don't tend to have a in-universe reason. Not to say that it needs any universe reason, yeah, but I'm like saying it, does. yeah. it, it, it doesn't tend to connect thematically to what's going on. I mean... Like, if you if you yeah. study color theory, particularly in film studies, you know that a lot of colors are supposed to represent uh, the moods or the themes of what's going on in the film. And I think this movie uses colors more like, you know, it, it just uh, flips a wheel and it's like, oh, what color are we going to have this scene saturated in blue? To have a blue green or a blue orange, and it it feels a little slapdash to I me. Mean, I, honestly, I get it. Does look good? Yeah, I mean, most of the yeah, scenes look good. Yeah, as long
0: as it looks good, I don't particularly care, because I'm just as it, long as it looks good. As long as it looks good and it lets me see the kaiju fight, I yeah, don't really just, give a shit. <laughs> it seems
1: like the color direction seems to have a lack of intentionality. I suppose,
0: I but eh. I don't. Well,
1: really, that, I don't really, That's like a movie nerd criticism. I don't
0: see that as a significant issue. <laughs> Um, it is to me because it it hurts my eyes sometimes (laughs) well you know no no no, no, I'm gonna stay on track I'm gonna stay on track uh (laughs) anyways so all right so yeah so Ghidorah's head grows back and there's this really cool shot of like Ghidorah at the top of the mountain with like the cross in the foreground and the lightning and stuff because he is like assuming his role as the king and yes, it's really cool. I really like that yeah, that's shot. That's cool, I guess. And so we see that Ghidorah is causing. This and and that,
1: of course, is symbolism because he is the false prophet. Yeah, he
0: is the false prophet. He is the Judas of of this franchise. Well, Godzilla. Mm. Oh, oh my God, you guys! Godzilla is Jesus. He died for our sins, and then he was resurrected to take out the false prophet. Chris, I
1: think that's a bit of a stretch. You're starting to sound like Man of Steel fans.
0: Zack Snyder's Godzilla. I mean, that
1: would be great. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually, I'd be very and ironically though. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League was great. But anyway, I mean, what happens next? I mean, next, Zack Chris?
0: Snyder's whole MO is wanton glorious destruction, and that's Kaiju movies right. in a fucking nutshell. So,
1: <laughs> and I'm going to cut this bit because we're going to be covering Zack Snyder's Justice League later, so we don't yeah. want to spoil our opinions on that.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh later on. Um but anyway, mm-hmm. so yes. So Ghidorah, yeah, Ghidorah awakens all the other Titans, and then we see the rebirth of Mothra, and this is such a beautiful scene where she's coming out of the waterfall and the full wingspan. Not to be Mothra. confused
1: with the Japanese film "Rebirth of Mothra."
0: Yeah, not to. Yeah, this is just a scene in the movie that happens to <laughs> depict the rebirth of Mothra. But yeah, I think it's a really beautiful scene. It plays the classic Mothra theme by Ika. I'm I'm very sorry, I forget their name again. Uh forget
1: uh, Akira Ifukube.
0: Akira Ifukube. Yes. The Mothra yes. Akira Ifukube theme plays and it's really beautiful and it makes me cry and it made my mom cry. Um
1: Yeah. I I guess this scene's fine. Uh you know, it it, it Again, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Mothra redesign, but the usage of music is really good. I wish that they had brought back the the twins from Infant Island. Yeah, um, well, because... and I know that one of the characters is kind of implied to be a reimagining of the twin from Infant Island. Uh, but even then, I'm like, well, I would have preferred the tiny Japanese ladies. Yeah, I honestly. feel
0: like I feel like whenever they get around to a Mothra solo movie, I think they are gonna reintroduce Infant Island.
1: I I really hope that they do, there and I hope hi- they bring that... back the
0: mothra song because i love the mothra song i would yeah i, I would love or at least like a version of that like at least like played mm-hmm. in the background or something that's
1: and i'd it. like to point out also it's such a shame what americans did to the original showa era films when they redubbed them they usually took out all of akira ufukube scores and put in stock <gasps> uh sound uh, sound music from uh 50s b movies from america uh, which is a travesty god and we should all be ashamed
0: shame this Shame, is, man. Emma was right. Humanity is the infection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, what happens next in the movie? Chris? All right.
0: So then Maddie confronts her mom about all this. So like, according to plan, you know, you said you were going to, you know, release them, you know, one at a time and you were going to help people. And she, you know, questions about like, you know, you know, you say you're doing all this for Andrew. Would he really want this? And, you know, she actually brings up a
1: really bullshit. Good point.
0: I highly doubt that Andrew would want you to release giant monsters that destroy the world. And
1: and Emma is such a stupid moronic character that she doesn't she, she it looks like she had never considered this in her entire thinking life that maybe killing thousands of people to help avenge the death of her son killed by the creatures she's releasing wouldn't make him happy.
0: Brian, you know it, everyone, it seems like an Brian, everyone processes grief in different ways. Some people Uh get really into sourdough, and some people release giant monsters. It's totally valid.
1: (laughs) Some people uh, develop a split personality and dress and live as their mother and (laughs) end up killing women as their mother. And then, you know, they end up getting caught by the police and they find the truck that's (laughs) stuck in the swamp. You know, that's That's also a way to process grief. That's a (laughs) psycho.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, as you uh, references, we were we we hinted at it earlier, but yes, uh, we find out that the Chinese scientist lady is third generation monarch. So here's a little fun fact of continuity for you. So that actress uh, Zhang Ziyi, I believe, is her name, and that's how you pronounce it. Um, oh my God! Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, commenters or, uh, but but she was also in Kong Skull Island, and she was the scientist. She was the lady scientist who assisted uh, Brooks. And this character is played by that, who's played by that same actress is that character's granddaughter. Hence the Mm -hmm. third generation monarch thing.
1: That information does absolutely nothing to improve anything about the movie,
0: (laughs) but isn't it a fun bit of trivia? Aren't you glad Um, that you learned this fun bit of trivia today?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I think they, they included her, um, yeah, well, actually, no, they, they, uh, I think, uh, especially in Godzilla versus Kong, I think they're definitely going to the Chinese box office. Well, no, cause no, Hong cause Hong she's Kong. not
0: in Godzilla versus Kong.
1: I know. I know. I'm saying yeah. in in the future, she was supposed was to be in it, China. but
0: yeah, she was right. supposed to be in it, but they, she got, cut.
1: they want that, uh, jungle Piao Fang. Well, I mean, it's a Chinese for well, the I mean, Chinese box office. Everybody wants the
0: Chinese money.
1: The so, jungle Piao feng.
0: Jungle Piao <laughs>
1: Yeah. Anyway, what happens next, Chris?
0: Alright, so it t- so as we were hinting at before, it turns out that Ghidorah is an alien and an invasive species, meaning that he is not part of the natural order of the Titans. An
1: astro monster, if you will.
0: An astro monster, exactly. And therefore, him being here is, uh, you know, fucking up the environmental balance that the Titans are supposed to provide, and it's actually destroying mm-hmm. the world. So, you know, it's bad. Um, yes. And...
1: And and I, I'm 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 confused as to why releasing titans is okay. Is, is it because he's an invasive species? Is yeah, that it's why? because
0: he's an invasive species. Like the titans, the titans that are regularly on Earth, you know, they are part of the natural ecosystem of the planet. So they have a place with place in it. And as generally, as long as humans don't fuck with them, they're not gonna fuck with humans, and they're just gonna do their own thing.
1: I, um, I have more questions though, because the radiation helps heal things and create vegetation, right?
0: Yes. Are they
1: naturally radioactive or were they made radioactive by humanity?
0: Well, there's well, Godzilla versus Kong indicates that there is radiation in the Hollow Earth. So, presumably they well, had some form of radiation to begin with.
1: So, it, it, again, this is another um, example of I think Godzilla is being decontextualized from its uh nuclear uh warfare origin, I think, a little oh. bit. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, whatever. I think I I prefer Godzilla to be an an allegory, at least, you know, in its origins for nuclear warfare. I mean, I'm
0: I'm fine with different interpretations, you know.
1: It it feels kind of scrubbed of of political uh, meaning to me when when you don't include that.
0: Yeah, but I just want to watch the big lizard fight other big monsters. But Chris, the (laughs) political themes. Okay, but Brian... Big lizard.
1: Yes, I enjoy big lizard, and I enjoy <laughs> big monkey, and I enjoy big three-headed. Uh, g- big dragon. But uh, you know, I I would prefer uh, these characters to have themes about them. What if, what if, anyway? What happens next? What if Chris?
0: what if in the next movie it's just Godzilla and Ghidorah engage in like a, po- a political debate, but they still don't uh... talk, so it's just vocalizing, but they're wearing business suits and a behind lectern. <laughs>
1: I feel like that's something that's more likely to happen in the upcoming Godzilla anime, which we're both very excited. Oh for.
0: yeah, singular point. That, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. So what happens next in the movie, Chris? All
0: right. So all right. So Ghidorah, as we mentioned, he is creating extinction rather than coexistence, and that's bad. Uh, Mark wants to go find Maddie, and then we see we see Moth again. She's very pretty, and we get the idea of that she is the she is the queen of the monsters. She goes to like help Godzilla. So Godzilla
1: acts- it seems kind of bizarre because Godzilla and Mothra originally were adversaries.
0: Well, yes, but they so became it seems- allies. Relative, it's a cl- Brian. It's a classic enemies to lovers situation. It's uh it's a Dora and catcha. It's it's a Dora and catcha.
1: <laughs> okay, the only places where that's ever been a thing is one in this movie and two uh, in in fan art and fan fiction by weebs uh, in uh, in America. In, and probably also in Japan, although they wouldn't be weeaboos in Japan because they are Japanese. They'd
0: just be I don't, regular Japanese people.
1: <laughs> they would just be regular booze. Regular um,
0: booze, hey, boo-boo. But
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that this whole Godzilla X Mothra thing, like, sure, it's fine, but, like, I, I don't know. It feels kind of weird that they'd start out as friendly. I feel like it makes more sense for them to start out adversarial and then become friendly. So what you're you saying
0: know? is that they should have had Godzilla versus Mothra first and then do this movie where they're friends.
1: Uh
0: yes. Okay. But, you know, that's not what they did. So we're just going to have to And the- and to
1: differentiate it, call it Godzilla versus Mothra 2. That's just going to make people more confused. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Chris, what happens next?
0: Alright, so... Alright, so then they're like, alright. So Godzilla's heart has, like, super slowed down, but he's technically not dead. We could still revive him, because he, like, he goes into the Earth's core to, like, heal, but, like, he's got... Mm
1: -hmm. The
0: process could, like, take years, and they need him, like, now to stop Ghidorah. And then Mark just turns to Dr. Zarazawa, and he just goes, how many nukes do you have? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And
1: uh, th- that scene is pretty good. I-, I enjoyed the scene where Sarazawa sacrifices himself, even yeah. if I do wish that his character had more to I th- do I overall. I really
0: like how Serizawa's ending, because there's this great scene between him and Mark where they're talking about Andrew's death, and Mark is all like, you know, I can't believe I'm going to save Godzilla. You know, if you told me this five years ago, I would have thought you were insane. And Sarazawa is like, you know, sometimes... The only way to you know heal our wounds is to make peace with the demons who created them, and as an indication of seemingly their friendship, Sarazawa breaks the tension by just being like, "I read it in a fortune cookie once." <laughs> yeah, a, re- and I think a this really joke long fortune sucks. cookie.
1: <laughs> a really long fortune cookie. I mean, you know, it's a classic case of you write good dialogue, and then you think, "Hmm, but this needs a joke," so then you write in a bad joke, and the line of dialogue's ruined. You know.
0: I disagree. I think it works as a as a tension break.
1: And and like people can do that well, like James Gunn does it very well undercutting dramatic scenes with sarcastic humor. <laughs> Bunch of jackasses
0: uh, standing in a circle. <laughs> right. Yeah. But
1: you know, I I don't think this is a very good example of that, hmm. particularly because the fortune cookie thing it would have to be so long and it's it's a very specific. Again, I joke. don't think
0: I get I don't think this is a thing that's meant to have actually happened. It's just him Right, but it's a yeah. joke
1: with no actual experiential value that anyone can relate to.
0: Well, I mean, I still think it's funny.
1: Okay, I mean, <laughs> I think Freddy Got Fingered is funny. Yeah, but, you know, humor is subjective. <laughs> humor so. is
0: subjective. F- I, I mean, I feel like more people would agree with me about this joke being funny than agree with you about Freddy Got Fingered being funny, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Freddy Got
1: Fingered being funny is actually a surprisingly popular opinion. And
0: I don't know why.
1: Um, <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. Anyway, right. Chris, what happens next? Alright,
0: anyway, so we see that Ghidorah has basically brought the whole sky to life with these giant cosmic storms. And also Rick was right about the Hollow Earth and he gets really excited about it. Anyway, so so yeah, so we see these ancient Godzilla drawings and you know, these are proof that the Titans were the first gods. Um, apparently martial law has been instated by the president because of the kaiju attacks, and this is just further yes. proof that Trump can could not have been president of this universe. Because, Absolutely not. Yeah, cuz he would have been like, oh, though, ki- these kaiju don't exist. It's a hoax. It's a hoax the Democrats. You know, it's
1: kind, <laughs> you know kind of a weird thing in Godzilla versus Kong is is the conspiracy theories about the titans. I think if, if titans did exist, the conspiracy theory would be that the government made them, you know. I think that's it's a weird more that uh, does, it's understand that the podcast theory.
0: guy doesn't mention that, but
1: Yeah. Know. Like usually when conspiracy theorists uh see an unexplained phenomena, it's usually the government's fault somehow. You know.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: or it's a false flag event, or it's not really what you think well, it is.
0: <laughs> Something to that effect. Anyways. so. Yes. All right. So then, Maddie activates the alpha frequency And the Orca to drive all the kaiju away from the populated cities, and uh, so they so they hover the ship over Godzilla's whole radiation base thingy. There's a, preferably without flippers joke. Um, yes, and, and
1: that joke also sucks. It's a good joke. Opinion.
0: I like that joke. Um, well,
1: you can have your opinion, and I will have mine.
0: Okay, fine. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, all right. So then, it turns out that the nukes have to be set off manually because their uh, weapon systems were damaged in the in the landing. Um, in the Manual crash. nukes. So, and so they're like, "Well, the radiation's gonna kill you." And Sarah agrees to sacrifice himself to save yes. Godzilla and there's this fence fant- and you know he has this whole
1: that's one of the best scenes in the film yeah, because it's... It's a, it actually involves a character we care about uh, because Ken Watanabe is such a superstar um, you know Ken if you want to come on the show uh, we'll always be happy to have you Ken Watanabe
0: absolutely Ken Watanabe you are welcome to be a guest at any point in time please um...
1: you could stay at my house also
0: <laughs> I, I can it's... make you eggs
1: and it's... bacon and it'll be a lot of fun if, if you know?
0: you're if you're fine with uh sleeping on the if 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 you're fine with sleeping in the guest room, that yes. as long as my sister's not here, then you you are you you can stay at my house as well.
1: Chris, the <laughs> offer was for him to stay at my house. I called dibs. Okay, <laughs> I right. get the Kenwa Nabi sleepover, Chris.
0: Well, I get the next one. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, good. God. Anyway, what happens next? So anyway, so he has movie. this great line about how Godzilla is the key to coexistence between humans and titans, and... Oh, the the I, Martha I, I, is the key. No, no, Lois Lane is the, Lo- Lois is the key. Lois is the key. Lois is the key, yeah. Which yes. actually kind of paid off, but that's neither yes. here nor there. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the look of Godzilla's home base. It's got all these really bright reds and stuff. Looks very good. And there's this great scene where he's in the... He goes to Set off the nukes and he actually takes off the mask because he knows he's going to die anyway. So he can just look at Godzilla with his own eyes, sort of, you know, touch him. And he says in Japanese, Goodbye, old friend. And it makes me cry. So-
1: Let me look at you with my own eyes.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Darth Vader. Exactly. Uh, yes. Mm. I like that scene. I think it's a very good scene. It's very emotional. Um, probably the best scene in the film. Probably the most emotional scene in the entire franchise. Uh, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. It's probably the best character scene in the entire film. Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, what do you think?
0: Uh, what happens next? All right. So after that, so Godzilla is back. He shoots his atomic breath up into the air. They play the classic Godzilla theme again to let you know the shit just got real. And yes. And they fi- and they figure out how to track the orca because the alpha frequency that the orca uses is actually a combination of Godzilla and a human. So that's how they're able to track the orca to Fenway Park where it is. And I like Charles Dance's line of uh man does not control the laws of nature. And neither do you. <laughs> like that's a that's a good that's a good bit. Charles
1: Dance is a good actor, but after Game of Thrones, it feels like he started to be typecast as villains in this very specific kind of role.
0: uh, Wasn't he in Dracula Untold as well? Yeah, yeah, I think he was. um,
1: One of his first big movies was Alien 3, actually. He was in uh, David Fincher's Alien 3. And uh, Charles Dance is fine in this movie. His character doesn't have a lot of backstory and is kind of one-note I wish we would have gotten to learn more about how he got radicalized, or you know, maybe give him a backstory that actually is
0: about the kaiju. Maybe maybe I think it'll that be in cool. later movies. I don't know.
1: Well, it doesn't look like he's gonna be in later movies. Well, because he, the he fact... wasn't
0: in Godzilla versus Kong, but you right, know. and they—you never they did know with these kinds of in... cinematic universes. Like, they did put him in the end credits,
1: like after in in the ending scene, but. After the post credit scene, uh, that head now suspiciously belongs to a business guy in Godzilla vs. Kong. So it's like they probably
0: couldn't afford him or
1: there were scheduling conflicts or something going on. Yeah, like we'll,
0: that. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, so Ghidorah finds Maddie and the Orca. But then, just as Ghidorah's about to get together, Godzilla comes to the rescue and we get the Godzilla vs. Ghidorah rematch. And it's got this uh, ticking clock element because Godzilla is going to go thermonuclear. In... Right. Just
1: like in, in Godzilla versus Destoroyah. Yes,
0: exactly. It's another show back to Destoroyah mm-hmm. and he's going to go thermonuclear in 12 minutes. There's this great shot of Ghidorah, like using all of his heads to like bite at Godzilla. Like they all go like, stop, stop, stop. Like, it's really, it's really cool. I love that shot. And Godzilla. And then, and then Mothra comes to the rescue. Mothra flies in, The Mothra gets in on this action. It's, it's really, it's, great to see and Godzilla has like know your place moment with Ghidorah like what the fuck you doing here this is my house and then yeah and then Rodan comes in again so we get Rodan versus Mothra we get this big aerial battle that's really cool it's all like oh and then Mothra is able to beat Rodan but Ghidorah's got Godzilla like he flies him up and then he drops him on the ground and then Mothra's gonna be like I'm gonna have to sacrifice myself to save you Godzilla to have my energy it's like oh no Mothra and then and he gets in with a suplex. The suplex. Well, I mean that I mean the wrestling stuff, that's more Godzilla versus Kong, but we'll get to yeah. that. Um, and then so they bring the Orca back online, and Emma sacrifices herself to stop Ghidorah in a pretty good scene. I, I like it. Um and she has this sort of badass final line and you know, the long live the king. Uh I, I yeah. don't
1: like the scene because again it has to do with Emma, and everything about her is terrible. Besides her actress, her actress did a, a decent job trying to portray her. Yeah, Vera Farmiga. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, my problem with this is that, one, it, like, her whole thing is that she's been on the wrong side and she needs to atone for her sins, I guess, and for some reason her entire radicalization was just snapped out of because she was concerned about her daughter, and Millie Bob Brown's really kind of a plot device in this movie, she, all she does is almost die all the time and cause concern for all the other characters, and it's bizarre considering uh, the fact that she is finally reunited with her family, which seemed like an, uh, that would have been the natural endpoint to her arc, considering that the movie, the whole plot, is about the estrangement of a nuclear family after a family tragedy. But bizarrely, she then gets the uh, sacrificial ending, which appears to me to be a a lazy writer's way to get rid of the character because they can't handle the consequences of what she did in real time. So they give her a heroic out and then, you know, we don't have to deal with her anymore, you know, and I think that's kind of lazy writing, honestly, like... I really like when movies and TV shows have characters do really shitty things and then, you know, like, atone over a long period of time. Of course, this is a movie, so that wouldn't be as possible, but I think if you are going to have her be in this eco-terrorist cult, one, I think that having Millie Bobby Brown there doesn't make much sense, because you're constantly reminding us that she cares about her daughter— when she's doing things that obviously show that she doesn't really care about anyone, just about the future of the planet. And uh, also, and then you could have her, you know, reconnect or maybe become de-radicalized in some way. But really how it was handled, I think, was really sloppy and underdeveloped. It it was like like an undercooked potato, honestly. It was like biting into a raw potato.
0: I Um, mean, I suppose, but I also don't really care. I don't view it as a significant issue
1: it's because you're okay. a fan of raw potatoes
0: well it's more that i'm a fan of the other things on the plate that are not yes. the potatoes like the I, raw potatoes i like the steak i yes. like the steak and the bacon and the the french fries
1: this is all very unhealthy food i Just don't get some care. Vegetables in there.
0: And the vegetables, oh, right, roasted, like themes, roasted broccoli. There's some roasted Vets, broccoli. F- on fruits
1: and veg, you know, you well, get like that fruit. healthy stuff in there, well, like plot. Well, I don't like and fruit. themes and character. Well, I don't. I don't <laughs> development.
0: Well I don't, well, I don't like fruit, so.
1: <sighs> okay, I see where the problem is.
0: No, like genuinely, I actually <laughs> don't like fruit.
1: But apples are so good. I
0: don't really. I don't like apples. Like, okay, I like tomatoes, but only if they're on something. I don't know why you would eat a tomato by itself um that's true nobody if
1: you eat a tomato by yourself you're a fucking monster
0: unless i mean like (laughs) i guess cherry tomatoes i get but like uh like i understand not
1: liking tomatoes but like all the other fruits are good
0: yeah and i yeah and i like i like avocados i think avocados are great but like every other guacamole is great yeah guacamole is great and avocado slices in general i also find very tasty but now,
1: what what in the monster verse equates to guacamole? Mothra. I think Hedra. Hedra, because Hedra. because it most resembles yeah. Hedra.
0: Hedra. So that's why they need to put Hedra in one of these movies. Um, yes,
1: because it's the guacamole of the Godzilla the franchise. The Godzilla you heard it here Godzilla
0: first. Folks. <laughs> I'm gonna. I need to post that on Twitter after this with just hashtag hipster and the nerd out of context. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyways, Chris, what happens Anyways, at so the happens- end of this movie? I- By the way, that's like my catchphrase now. I should get that put on a T-shirt. Anyways, Chris, <laughs> if what happens merch- next? Have
0: <laughs> we ever sell merch? That's gotta be on a T-shirt. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then, so Godzilla, of course, goes thermonuclear, and he's all like red and fiery and stuff, and he looks so badass. And yeah, it looks pretty cool. And he sends out these big waves of energy, and get and if- vaporizes Ghidorah, and it looks so awesome, and Kong is very lucky that Godzilla used up all his powers here, and thus didn't have them in the next movie. Because otherwise, Godzilla vs. Kong would have been, been been an even shorter movie than it already was. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah. Is that how the, the movie ends?
0: Uh. Well, well uh, there's still a little bit after that. So Ghidorah gets vaporized, okay. and there's this really cool shot of, like, Godzilla has the last Ghidorah head in his mouth, and he, like, shoots it off with his atomic breath. That's a really yes. cool scene. And so there is. So the Monarch guys are, like, in the helicopter, and they're like, you know, good thing he's on our side for now. <laughs> and then all the Titans, like Rodan, and, like, one of the big bisons from Skull Island, and, like, Amuto, and I'm pretty sure Anguirus is somewhere in there. At one point, mm-hmm. Gigan was actually supposed to be in this movie. There's concept art but uh, they cut it from the finished film, and they all bow to the king as Godzilla lets out his iconic... (laughs) Please edit in the actual roar this time, Uh, so I'm not left with that embarrassment, but yeah, he lets out his iconic roar, and we see the logo, the music sting plays one more time before it cuts into this fucking badass song, kick-ass song. It's a remix of the Blue Oyster Cult. Godzilla song sung by Serge Tonkian and composed by Bernard McRae, who did the score of store. Table Fame. of, of Table, <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's so good. it's so rocking. I have it on my workout playlist. It is awesome, and it and we see the sort of monster verse tradition of you know this visual storytelling, newspaper clipping type stuff, where we see that Emma was actually kind of right, and the Titans do provide life, and we see you know all the plants growing and like these new like Titan. Um, I'm not sure how
1: I feel about all the other monsters Mm -hmm. bowing to another monster. I feel like um, the idea that kaiju would respect some sort of social hierarchy is bizarre to me, and I guess they're doing a Lion King thing, but as I said before, uh, Mufasa being dead was was good for the country (laughs) because uh, it, of course, freed the hyenas from their segregation.
0: I feel like you ignore the part of the movie where Mufasa dies, and Scar takes over, and literally everything goes to shit? That's well, right, of course.
1: Is- the Scar, when no one is doubting, Scar was a shitty administrator. Okay? <laughs> but what we are claiming here is that... Mufasa's ideology <laughs> of animal monarchism did, did not hold up to the scrutiny or logic. And to be fair, you
0: know? in Lion King 2, Simba's pride ultimately comes mm-hmm. to the conclusion that the uh, the Simba clan and the old Scar clan must come together in peace and harmony. There's going to be true uh, true peace in the animal kingdom.
1: But Well, really, the problem <laughs> is an androcratic sy- systematic order that... Uh, institutionally oppresses the other animals in the lion king
0: well anyways but yeah the song's really <laughs> good <laughs> and there's also hints towards uh Scylla. if anyone remembers that monster there's a little newspaper clipping that says Zilla's around and hints towards various other future monsters there's- zilla yeah Scylla.
1: zilla you mean from 98 no
0: no 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 no, no. s c y l l a who's that i don't remember but he was <laughs> in other movies the monster, okay. That monster was in other movies, and okay. there's also hints towards a new Mothra because there's like an egg on this island, presumably infant island. Um, so Mothra solo movie to mark? Uh, I think I would that be cool. And then as the and then we get this fun and we see all of these Titans and these scientists are like emerging emer- towards Skull Island. And I looked
1: it up, and Scylla references a multi-headed serpent in mythology, which is probably a reference to Ghidorah.
0: Oh, right, yeah. So Ghidorahs, so there might be some more Ghidorah. Yeah. Yes,
1: there could be other Ghidorahs.
0: I mean, there's a whole. I mean, he's from another planet. You could do planets yeah. of the Ghidorahs. Yeah, yeah. Go to do. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and and then we see this ancient drawing of Godzilla and Kong going at it as the music goes, go, 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 Godzilla. It's fucking badass. And I also... Yes. Uh, in a, uh, it's okay. Yeah, in a more somber moment, I also really like how they actually dedicate the uh, this film to the memory of both the director of Godzilla vs. Hedra... Um, yes. Uh, ...Yoshimitsu uh, Bano, as well as the original Godzilla superformer, super Haruo Nakajima, both of whom uh, sadly passed away in 2017.
1: And, of course, Bano's attempt to uh, make a sequel to Godzilla vs. Hedra, which is one of the best sequels of the Showa era, ended up actually creating yeah, the MonsterVerse entirely. Yeah, he ended up creating the
0: MonsterVerse because he had purchased the rights to remake Godzilla vs. Hedra as a 3D yes. short film called Godzilla 3D to the Max. But then mm-hmm. Legendary, of course, ended up buying the rights, and you know that led into the MonsterVerse. Yes. And so that's a sweet dedication. And then, of course, there's a post-credit scene where we see Alan Jonah has bought a Ghidorah head off the black market, and then I guess presumably sold it to Apex Cybernetics in between movies, and then decided to fuck off. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then that's how the movie ends. So I think Godzilla,
1: King of the Monsters, it has some decent to pretty good kaiju action, but where the film really falters is in its lack of characters or themes. The characters that do exist in this film are... Uh, annoying their character arcs are nonsensical often they're emotionally illogical the things that they do uh, are constantly irritating especially in the case of emma's character which again this is nothing against the actors specifically it's just uh having to do with the material that was given the plot feels weirdly right-wing if you were to interpret the politics more literally or maybe even like super like uh Anarcho primitivist in the sense that they want to r- basically reverse uh, industrialization as a whole. But I'm guessing this movie didn't actually intend to have any political message. It just kind of used a political thing as kind of a backdrop and as a way to be like, ooh, isn't this interesting? This is an interesting idea. Without really saying anything of value, in my opinion. Um, but besides that, uh, the film is better. Than Godzilla 2014 marginally I think marginally. Uh, because it has better action you can see the kaiju a lot more the kaiju action is good even if it's not generally my preferred type of kaiju action or my preferred type of special effects with that action I love the Heisei era and the practical effects. Um, but overall it's a decent film and if you want to go see it that's great my only other thing is that remember it's long it's about two hours and 10 minutes and i feel like it could have been cut down and that the pacing is a little bit all over the place but it's a tentative eh, for me
0: all right so, it's a six out of ten yeah so my fi- so my final thoughts on this movie is that i fucking love it and I, it just brings me so much joy and I feel like the monster, I love all the monster designs, and they're so lovingly recreated from the Toho Originals while still being their own thing. I feel like the human plot works well enough. Well, I mean, it's is it the most, are the humans the most amazing characters in the world? No. But, you know, they do their job. And they... They, they serve their function and they serve their function well, and they're performed well by the actors. And that's really all I care about at the end of the day with this kind of movie, because I'm here to watch the kaiju fight. And they and they fight, and it's really awesome to see. And it, they they you know they bring back all the classic music. It feels like a love letter to those old Toho films, while also being its own thing and on this grander scale. And I would give it a total uh, score of five peak cinemas out of a uh, possible five peak cinemas. So that adds up to a perfect (laughs) uh, score of five peak cinemas out of five peak cinemas, um, uh, because Godzilla King of the Monsters is peak cinema, and this is not up for debate. For the record, that is the full name of the scoring system uh, I have used here, and you must (laughs) use that full name every time. Brian, how many peak cinemas would you give out of a total of possible five peak cinemas? I I don't
1: think I would give peak cinemas. I would give... um this movie uh six uh slightly sticky movie theater floors out of ten
0: damn it you you ah, damn it you you, you 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 saw through my trick because <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to get a sound clip of you saying godzilla king of the monsters is peak cinema you ruined it you can't trick you me ruined like that my Chris. Deceptions. i'll get you <laughs> next time <laughs> I'll get you next time, (laughs) bears. I'll get you next time, gadget. (laughs) Next time, but yeah. But anyway, so anyway, at the risk of this being a four fucking hour podcast, at the risk of this being the Snyder cut of podcasts, we're going going to to cut this into two. We're going to change the schedule a little bit, and next week instead of a roulette, we are going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong. I know we said we were going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong at the top, of but we're liars. But. We lied. We're sorry. I'm a liar. We're, we're we're very sorry that we lied. Um We
1: lie all the time. Um But How do you know what we're saying is true? But you can't know, not for sure. What if
0: well, are we even real?
1: Who who even knows? Yeah. Maybe I love King of the Monsters.
0: Maybe you do. Maybe this Unlike is all an the... act. Yeah. Maybe. So anyways, so we hope you <laughs> tune in next week for Godzilla vs. Kong. I think that should be a fun time. I'm going to sing in that episode. Uh, and so, that, so that'll so that be fun. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Hipster and the Nerd. We do this every week. You can find us on... Sorry. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, a whole bunch of other platforms like Radio Public and stuff like that. Please leave us a nice five-star review on apple podcast spread the word on social media share it with all your friends hashtag hipster and the nerd help us grow the show we very much appreciate it i'm chris Hanna. you can find me at meganerd 98 on twitter and on letterboxd and brian where can they find you you can find
1: me uh getting ready to piss off a lot of godzilla versus kong fans <laughs> with my opinion <laughs> on that movie <laughs> Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Brian Brecker. Or you can find me on Letterbox at bbreck2. Or you can uh, get to my personal hotmail address. <laughs> hot which mail. you will have to go through a series of puzzles in the North Dakota wilderness. Check out,
0: uh, check out our MySpace
1: page. Our MySpace. <laughs> our MySpace page is all totally decked out. Got people begging for our top eight spaces.
0: Oh my... D- Does MySpace still allow public account creation? Because we should do that.
1: (laughs) I think they do. Anyway, Chris, what are we doing next week? Yeah,
0: well, as I said, next week we're doing Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. Yeah, so that should be fun. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time.